All praises due to Allah, we seek his help and we seek his assistance and we seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the evil of our own selves and from the evil of our actions. Whomsoever Allah chooses to guide, none can misguide and whomsoever Allah chooses to lead astray, none can guide. And we bear witness that there is none worthy of worship except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone and that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his final messenger. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in Surah Al-Asr, which is the 103rd chapter of the Quran, وَالْعَصْرِ إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَفِي خُسْرِ إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ وَتَوَاصَوْا بِالْحَقِّ وَتَوَاصَوْا بِالصَّبْرِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, by time, indeed mankind is in loss, except those who believe and do righteous actions, and those who call towards the truth, and those who call towards patience. So we learn from this surah that every single person here has memorized. We learn four main points that every single Muslim should have. The first is ilm, the second is amal, the third is uh, da'wah, the fourth is sabr. So we learn that everyone should have knowledge. Then we learn that everyone should act upon that knowledge that they have. Then we learn that you should give da'wah to that knowledge. Then we learn that you should have sabr when you give uh, when you give da'wah to that. You should have sabr because we know that it was the sunnah of all the prophets to be harmed because they used to give da'wah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he starts the surah by saying wal-as. He starts the surah by swearing by time. Now there are two main opinions on what is meant by swearing by time. The first is time itself. And the second is by the uh, prayer, as salah So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he swears by something, it shows the importance of something. Because the great only swears by something great. And likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he, when he, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, by Fajr and the ten nights. Ibn Abbas in his tafsir of this ayah, he says, the ten nights here means the ten days of Dhul Hijjah. And here you can see the importance of Dhul Hijjah because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala previously he swore by it. And likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he swore by the day of Arafah. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Washahidu wa mashhud, by the witness and the witnessed. The Prophet he said, the witnessing day is Jum'ah and the witnessed is Yawmul Arafah. And from the greatness of Yawmul Arafah is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he perfected the deen on this day. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Al-Yawma akmaltu lakum deenakum. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, on this day, I've perfected for you your religion. And Umar bin Khattab, he says, I swear by Allah, or he said, I swear by Allah, I know exactly which day and where this was revealed. And he says it was revealed on Yawmul Arafah. This ayah was revealed on Yawmul Arafah. And Aisha radiallahu anha, she narrates that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said that there is no day, there is no day Allah frees more slaves from the hellfire than on Yawmul Arafah, which coincides with t- tomorrow, Saturday. 
So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he first swears by time, he says, Walas he says that every, all of mankind is in loss. And then he gives an istithna, he gives an exception. He says, He says, except those who believe. And to believe, in order to believe something, you have to have knowledge of that thing. And from that we learn the virtues of knowledge and the importance of seeking knowledge. And why is knowledge so emphasized, knowledge of the religion? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the first ayah he revealed in the Quran was iqra, was read. First ayah he revealed in the Quran was related to knowledge. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he swears by the pen, the very tool of knowledge. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says noon yasturun, noon by the pen and that which it inscribes. And when you talk about knowledge, we are talking about uh, sharia and the knowledge of the religion. Obviously you can get rewarded for studying secular knowledge if you have your correct intention. But here when you talk about knowledge, you're talking about knowledge of the sharia. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raises in ranks those who believe and those who have knowledge. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he first he mentions the general which is those who believe, all the Muslims and those who believe. Then he mentions the specific which is those who have knowledge. So they are rank above those who simply believe. And Knowledge should cause you to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One of the fruits of knowledge is that it causes you to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that indeed those who fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are the ulama, are, the, are those who have knowledge, are, are the scholars and those who have knowledge. How can you fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without knowledge? How can you know what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hates and what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves? How can you know what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala likes and what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dislikes? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he also mentions the people of knowledge next to himself and the angels when he says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bears witness that there is none worthy of worship except him and the angels and the people of knowledge. And the Prophet sallallahu he said that whoever treads the path of knowledge, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make easy for him the path to paradise. How, how can it be the case that the one who, who seeks knowledge, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes easy for him the path to paradise? Ibn Rajab, he mentions that, that in his explanation of this hadith, he says that what is meant is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make easy for him to do the actions of the people of paradise. So the one who is seeking knowledge, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make easy for him to do the actions of the people of paradise. And knowledge leads to maximizing rewards. An example of this is we are in Dhul Hijjah, the first 10 days of Dhul Hijjah, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he has favored certain places over others. Like he has favored Makkah over all the other cities. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he has favored certain prophets over others. Like he subhanahu wa ta'ala has favored the prophet of Allah, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa over all the other prophets. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has favored certain times over others. Like he has favored Dhul Hijjah over all the other days of the year. And as I mentioned before, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says by Fajr and the ten nights, Ibn Abbas he mentions that what's meant by the ten nights is the first ten days of Dhul Hijjah. And the one who has knowledge, he knows the rewards that he can get in these ten days. So he makes sure that he maximizes his ibadah in these ten days. Because the person who has knowledge knows that Ibn Abbas related that the Prophet said that there are no actions done more beloved to Allah than the actions done in the 10 days of Dhul Hijjah. And the scholars they explain that 
the 10 days of Dhul Hijjah are more virtuous than the 10 days of Ramadan or any 10 days of the year including 10 days of Ramadan but the 10 nights of Ramadan are more virtuous because they contain Laylatul Qadr however it's something that people don't really understand or pay importance to these 10 days of Dhul Hijjah are better than the 10 days of Ramadan or any 10 days in the entire year and the person who has knowledge will maximize these 10 days because he knows the reward in it Likewise, another example, the person who has knowledge knows that Prophet said that the one who performs Umrah with me in Ramadan, uh, sorry, the one who performs Umrah in Ramadan is as if he has performed Hajj with me. So he knows that if he's going to perform Umrah and he's able to save up and pay a bit more, he would delay it until Ramadan because he knows that there is increased reward of doing Umrah in Ramadan. And another example, the person of knowledge knows that the reward for the six days of Shawwal, fasting the six days of Shawwal, because the person who has knowledge knows the Prophet said that whoever follows the, six, uh, the, the fasting of Ramadan with the six days of Shawwal, it's as if he has fasted for a lifetime. And the scholars, they explain this hadith, what is meant by he fasted for a lifetime. They say that for every uh, action the person does, Allah subhanahu wa multiplies it by 10. So if you fast the 13 Ramadan, you multiply that by 10, that's 300. Then you follow a six of Shawwal, that's 60. So 300 plus 60, that's 360 days you fasted in the year in terms of reward. And the lunar calendar is 360. If you did that every single year, then it's as if you have fasted your entire lifetime. Because you, have, you get the reward of 360 every year, you know, every year as if you fasted the entire lifetime. And the person who has knowledge knows when his dua will more likely be accepted. So he specifies those times to make dua. And the person who has knowledge knows the Prophet ﷺ said that the dua of the traveller is not rejected. And also when it is raining, the dua is not rejected. And also he knows the Prophet ﷺ said that there is an hour on Friday that whoever makes dua during this hour, his dua will not be rejected. So there's over 40 opinions on when that hour is exactly. But Ibn Qayyim al-Jawziya, he mentions that that hour is one hour before Maghrib on Fridays. So after Asr, one hour before Maghrib is the hour of response when the Prophet ﷺ said that the dua will not be rejected. And having knowledge doesn't just benefit you while you're alive, it also benefits the person once they have passed away. Because the Prophet ﷺ said that when the son of Adam passes away, all of his actions or all of his rewards come to an end except for free. He says the first one is ongoing charity, Sadaqah Jariyah. So the person who gives ongoing charity, he will receive the reward even after he has passed away. The second is ilmul nafi', knowledge which has benefited others after he has passed away. And the third thing is a righteous child who makes dua for him after he has passed away. We mentioned the benefits of seeking knowledge, but be warned that seeking knowledge is a double-edged sword. 
it can either be a witness for you or a witness against you. And it can be a witness against you if you seek knowledge for the sake for other than the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we know the Prophet wasallam said amongst the first people who will be thrown into the hellfire will be the scholar who sought knowledge. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask him, why did you seek this knowledge? And he will say, oh Allah, I sought this knowledge so I can teach the people your religion. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, you lied. <coughs> you taught people this knowledge so that they can call you knowledgeable. Or you can have debates with others or people will think you're knowledgeable. So he will be ordered to be dragged on his face and thrown into the hellfire. And the Prophet said in an authentic hadith in Abu Dawood that the one who seeks knowledge for other than the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he will not even smell the fragrance of paradise. And this knowledge will be a witness against you if it's not acted upon. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we go into the third point, which is acted upon the knowledge. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Asr, Illa amanu, except those who believe, wa salihat and those who do righteous actions. So it's incumbent and wajib upon you once you have the knowledge to act upon that knowledge. Otherwise that knowledge becomes a witness against you. <coughs> and Muhammad ibn Ismail al-Bukhari, the author of Sahih al-Bukhari, the most authentic book after the Quran, he has a chapter in his book, Ilm qabl amal, that knowledge before actions. And he, here he gives the evidence for this when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says No Gives a command, no That there is none worthy of worship except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Then seek his forgiveness So then seek his forgiveness for your sins So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first he commands <coughs> to have knowledge Then he says act upon that knowledge and seek forgiveness which is an action And for the one who does not act upon his knowledge, who has knowledge and does not act upon it, he becomes like the Jews. And the one who act, doesn't act, uh, who has no knowledge and acts upon it anyway, is like the Christians. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says at the end of Surah Al-Fatiha, uh, Not like those who have caused your anger, or those who have been, uh, who have led us, who have been led, led astray. So the Mufassirin, they say an explanation of this, or the Prophet actually gave an explanation. He says that those who have learned Allah's anger are the Jews, because they had knowledge, but they didn't act upon that knowledge. And those who have been uh, misguided are the Christians, because they acted, but they had no knowledge. So there's the two opposites, and us as Muslims have to be the middle part, where we have the knowledge and we act upon that knowledge. And from acting upon the knowledge is to fast on Yawm Arafah. Like I mentioned that Yawm al-Arafah will coincide tomorrow inshallah ta'ala And Yawm al-Arafah About it, fasting in general Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in a hadith Qudsi That all the, son, all the actions of the son of Adam Are for himself Except for fasting It is for me and I will reward the person who is fasting And specifically fasting on Yawm al-Arafah Will expiate the sins of two years Salatay for two years as Abu Khadar narrates that the Prophet ﷺ said, or he was asked about fasting on Yawm al-Arafah, and the Prophet ﷺ said that it expiates for the previous year and the following year. So the one who fasts on Yawm al-Arafah for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his uh, sins will be forgiven for the previous year and the following year. And Aisha radiallahu anha, she said that there is not a day in the year that is more beloved to me than fasting than on Yawm al-Arafah. <laughs> 
And <laughs> from acting upon the knowledge is to make dua on your mularafa, to increase in making dua. And the Prophet said the best supplication on your mularafa is the is my supplication, the supplication of the prophets before me, which is La ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika la lahul mulku wa lahul hamd wa huwa ala kulli shayin qadir. The third lesson we learn from Surah Al-Asr is to give da'wah. Allah SWT says, amanu, except those who believe, salihat, and those who do righteous actions, bil haq, and those who call to the truth. And calling to the truth is to give da'wah. So once you have the knowledge, give da'wah to it. And you start by giving da'wah to your family. You start with your family, as Allah SWT says, Ya ayyuhal Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, O you who believe, protect yourselves and your family from the fire. So this is the way of the prophets and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He started with his family and then he went to everybody else. So you start giving da'wah to your family and then you give it elsewhere. And the final lesson we learn from Surah Asad is to have patience. Patience upon that da'wah. Because, as I mentioned before, that it is the sunnah of Allah and the sunnah of all the prophets before that they will be harmed because of the da'wah that they gave. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمِنُوا Except those who believe, وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ And those who, right, who do righteous deeds, وَتَوَاسُوا بِالْحَقِّ And those who call towards the truth, وَتَوَاسُوا بِالصَّبْرِ And those who call towards patience. But to call towards patience is to have patience. And Ibn Qayyim al-Jawziyah, he mentions that there are three types of patience. There are three types of patience. The first is to have patience in the commands that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given. So for example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded us to pray five times a day. This is something we have to do from the time we become Bali all the way to our death. So this requires a lot of patience because it's years and years. For some 70, 80 years, you need patience to do the commands that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given. The second type of patience is to stay away from what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited. So for example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited for us uh, drinking of alcohol. So we need to be patient our whole lifetime from staying away from this prohibition of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the third type of patience is to have patience upon that which has been decreed from us from uh, misfortunes or everything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decrees is good for us. But something that we may find difficult for us and that has been decreed for us, then we must have patience upon that. And Imam Shafi'i rahimahullah, he says that if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had not sent any other surah except Surah Al-Asr, then it would have been sufficient for the whole of mankind. Inna Allah wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabiyya ayyuhalladheena amanu sallu alayhi yusallimu taslima. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala Ali Muhammad kama sallayta ala Ibrahim wa ala Ali Ibrahim innaka hameenu majeed. Allahumma barik ala Muhammad wa ala Ali Muhammad kama barakta ala Ibrahim wa ala Ali Ibrahim innaka hameenul majeed. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fi al-akhirati hasana wa qina adhabanna. Rabbana zalamna anfusana wa illam tafir lana wa tarhamna lanakunanna min al-khasirin. Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa zuriyatina kurrata ahun wa ja'alna lil-muttaqina imama. Amin.